Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I sit down with Pastor Kenny and Pastor John, and we talk about those preachers and sermons that have had an incredible influence over our lives. And we also dig into this week's message from our series, Won't You Be My Neighbor? We hope you enjoy the conversation. All right, well, welcome back, everybody. We are in episode number 26 of Armchair Preaching, and we're back in the armchair with uh, Kenny and John. Hi, guys. Hey, hello, guys? everybody. Hey. You guys doing okay? Yep, yep. Good. So uh, this week we are in the third week in our series, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And uh, third week, right? Is it fourth week? Did I miss a week? This is fourth week. This is four. I think it is four, yeah. This is four. four. Yeah, man, I just lost a whole week. Um but anyway, before we jump into this week, I wanted to kick it off by talking about the influences to our preaching. You know, where wh- who are the the preachers, or it might even be preachers. Maybe it's just a, a speaker that you've heard before that you really like that have influenced you or continue to influence you um, over the course of your own preaching and teaching ministry. So I'll just got to throw it to John. Let, let you kick that off. Yeah, I don't have any one uh, one person that that does. I mean the the. I came to faith at Peachtree Presbyterian Church, and so my pastor was Frank Harrington, and you know I really in- enjoyed his preaching, learned from his preaching. Um, eventually, diverged from his preaching once I got into you know, seminary and decided that there's some things that I wanted to do differently about it. But I really enjoyed his preaching uh, in seminary. Earl Palmer uh, was was big. I really loved how he took C.S. Lewis and he took a scholarly approach with that high-energy, fast-paced, you know, sense of humor that he had. Um, John Ortberg uh, gave, has given a number of uh, uh, sermons that I've, I've enjoyed, some talks I've enjoyed uh, as well, just listening to him. He's fan- fantastic, big Dallas Willard uh, fan uh, as well. And, um, yeah, those are, I mean, I, I've, I took a preaching class with Haddon Robinson uh, from Gordon-Conwell, and I've enjoyed uh, learning from him. And it was Haddon Robinson and Rob Bell. Oh, class. Wow. And so I listened. Wow. I'd been listening to Rob Bell, and Rob <laughs> Bell sort of, you know, he. If you're just looking at it from the from the delivery point of view, he he, he yeah. has a lot to uh, lot to say, a lot to teach us sure. about, mm-hmm. you know, keeping it relevant, keeping it fresh. So, um, and then uh, and then there was a, the, the, there's a the New Spring Church, uh, Perry Noble. I yeah. listened to Perry Noble uh, uh, for a, for a good season. I listened to Perry Noble, and again, sort of like Rob Bell says, how do you take the message and and make it relevant to the audience? So yeah, I've had a lot of people that I've that I've followed, but I think it started out with that really that Earl Palmer, Frank Harrington, uh, John Ortberg. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Kenny? Yeah, I'd, I'd say there probably are a number of pastors and preachers that I've listened to over the years. Um, who I'm sure have all influenced me in some way or another, maybe some more consciously uh, than others who, who I've either purposefully chosen to emulate some of the things about their preaching um, or just at least have respected and realized, hey, that's not me, but, um, but, I, but I respect what they do. Um, I, I think when I, if in terms of reading sermons, like I always like to read Charles Spurgeon sermons yeah. or uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones, just in terms of just content, like yeah. rich content. I never, I never heard them audibly preach recordings or anything, but in terms of reading sermons, those two, 
Um, and then more recently, modern day, I think um, I, I appreciate the the practicality and the clarity of an Andy Stanley. Yeah. Like I just just the way he teaches is just so down to earth, I think. Um, and he takes very complex biblical ideas and makes them very practical. And that's something I appreciate. So I think uh, probably that'd be more of an influence recently. Yeah. How about yeah, you? Yeah. I mean, I, I was raised in the church, so I heard a lot of messages growing up. So I had a lot of uh, probably like like Kenny was saying, unconscious influences, things that you hmm. you kind of just take in because you've heard someone over and over and over again. I think when I was starting to preach and teach myself, I, I you know I started to, I started preaching when I was seventeen. Um, but that was definitely not the path I was going to go on in my head. I was not going to be a preacher or teacher. I wasn't going to work in the church. Even at the time when I started, started preaching, I, this is very, uh, Charles, you know, this is very John Wesley, wasn't even a believer really. I, I was, I was preaching before I actually really accepted Christ myself, you know, um, but so when I when I got to college, that became really the time where I, I had a my spiritual kind of awakening, so to speak, and um, I started to tiptoe into the world of ministry, and I was in campus ministry, and so the big name that was really huge, and I I really took a lot of influence from him was Louis Giglio with oh, the yeah. Passion Movement. Um, now he's mm-hmm. you now he's got the Pat, in Passion City Church, but before that, you know, most people know he was. Just the two six, two six eight generation stuff, the one day movements, those sorts of things. I, I, that energy, that style, and and he had several um, several series that he used to do with. A, he called it a Bible study. It was kind of laughable at North Point when he was at North Point. He, the seven twenty two um, Bible study that he had, which was you know three thousand college and singles and young adults. That's what his Bible study was like. <laughs> um, it, it was it. He had a couple of series on God as Father that really impacted me a lot, and then his um, his indescribable the indescribable message. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. You can see it on YouTube. It's just the way he he was very uh, passionate about. Uh, what what I later kind of grabbed onto when I went to seminary was he's very passionate about the general revelation of God in nature, and how he really looked at mm-hmm. the cosmos and space. I think I saw that. He, would yeah. he do a digital mashup. Yes. Yeah. 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 He he, he went yeah, everything. That was fabulous. I saw him at yeah. a Chris Tomlin concert. Yes. Yes. They used to do like the passion like rotation, and I've seen him a few times. I've heard that that message a few times, and he goes down to the micro level of you know the cellular level and the imprint of God at the cellular level, and then he explodes it out to to the to the cosmos and the that and and how we are centered in the middle of that uh, both extremely insignificant but deeply deeply loved by the same creator and I, I that 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 really his delivery always influenced has always kind of influenced me um and his uh some of his passion I, I don't obviously don't agree with a lot I don't want to say a lot I don't agree with some of his theology and um and sometimes it's a little much. <laughs> so later in my ministry, I've tempered that kind of with some more thoughtful, I won't say that he's not thoughtful, that's not what I mean by that, but just that some more um, uh, intellectually based preachers like Tim Keller or something like that, where it's mm-hmm. kind Tim of... Tim Keller, that's another yeah, one. Tim Keller, um, yeah, yeah. Tim Keller, who's not at all uh, stylistically in my wheelhouse, but 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 theologically yeah, very wise. much, man. It's I, Sometimes I really m- marvel at that. Yeah, mm-hmm. very, very unique. And 
And, uh, you know, Kenny talked about reading sermons. I never used to read sermons until about five or six years ago. And so I've started reading, you know, a John Piper sermons and older sermons. You know, you talked about Spurgeon. Um, the one that recently has impacted me, just because I finished the class on C.S. Lewis, is C.S. Lewis's Weight of Glory. Mm. And I've probably read that through a few times. And, and there's some just... The way he turns... One of the things that's influenced me more recently um, with that particular sermon is the just the way he he articulates a particular phrase like he's he's he, the the economy of language that he uses is so impactful to me and and that's really challenged me in my own sermon writing the content like Kenny said mm-hmm. the content really cuz obviously I never saw CS Lewis preach that message in in St. Mary's the Virgin in Oxford but uh, I've seen the pulpit but I obviously wasn't there when he preached it but but to read that and go man that phrase just it lands you know just some of the some of the phrases you met no mere mortal I mean that mm-hmm. that that phrase alone it just so lands with me I'm just like did you comprehend that all all day and and uh, so that's really helped me be more kind of thoughtful in the approach mm-hmm. So, yeah. well, I think that's interesting for us just to kind of think through our own influences. I, I think um, that that goes into every message, every m- sermon that we we prepare. All the influences are there from the from the background. Mm-hmm. And this Sunday, we again fourth week in our series, "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" and we were looking um, at a particularly interesting uh, you know moment in the life of Jesus' ministry with with four friends uh, bringing uh, an invalid. Uh, to him, uh, to Jesus for healing. And so I want to, Kenny was in classic this week, John was in vine, so it's a little bit different than the typical routine. But but John, so talk to me about, you know, you go into, uh, again, we've talked about common stories before, understanding, you know, how to kind of break through that. What was your kind of outlook on this story specifically mm. as you were bringing it to mm. a modern worship setting, which you haven't been into in, in for a few weeks. So yeah. what was your kind of take on that? Well, I thought it was great uh, listening to Kenny and and then knowing what I did with it, is that this is one of those stories that just lends itself towards imaginative thinking. Mm-hmm. And so we both did it in our own way. We both talked about that, the fact that it is an imaginative story, and we both tried to bring the audience into into the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. tried to bring them into the scene. It was cool because I want to just jump in because I, that was the when I listened, I listened to Kenny's message this morning, and I was in the room with when you were there. I was thinking, man, you both did that, but in different ways, and you took different kind of angles with mm-hmm. it. So talk about that imaginative approach from yeah. your from I mean, because it is. It's it's what I said in the in the service, and and I, you know, it's one of those things where you know if you're feeling it and you're thinking it, and you've been with this te- text, and you sat with the text, and you're still the thing that rises to the top. Just how 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 unreal this must have been, or how mm-hmm. how how um, how. how rich of a moment it would have been if yeah. you were sitting in the room and then how weird it would have been to see, sit in the room with all yeah. the, you know, this, to see the scene unfold before you and so mm-hmm. I just wanted to I wanted to bring the congregation into that into that moment which yeah. I you know tried to just to describe the scene which is, Kenny did as well describe what the homes were like describe what the roofs were mm-hmm. it was yeah. interesting listening to you describe the roof said you know um We've seen these things, and and now and then we've seen sort of breakouts in our in our studies. We've seen what the roof act, roof structure looked like, and just tried to imagine digging through that. Digging you did a little more with that, that digging yeah. through that, mm-hmm. but mostly down below is like, oh man, what in the world is what mm-hmm. in the world is this? So that was that was that to me was I was trying one of the congregation to experience what that would have been like, just yeah. to see a body 
sort of lowered down on ropes uh, in that moment. Yeah, yeah, that the was story cool. really lent itself to that. It really yeah, did. did. Yeah, can you talk talk about your approach with that? I mean, you really you did a lot with the uh, with with the image and what the what the people would have been experiencing there, but then also what the guys that are on the roof with their friend, their invalid friend, what they had to do, you, you emphasized the uh, the stretcher carrying a full-grown man up the stairs, yeah. up mm-hmm. the side of a house, and then having to literally dig through. I mean, I, I've known that, you know, the thickness, and, and but you emphasized, man, the, the, the load-bearing. They had to work at it. This, mm-hmm. is, this is not like our roofs, you know, where if you take a hammer to it, you're breaking through, you know, pretty, pretty easily. So talk to me about what you were trying to accomplish there with that. Well, I think I think as as pastors, we're, we're we're always doing two things simultaneously. What we I think what we always want is we want to we want our people to fall in love with reading the Bible. So every every sermon, in a sense, is trying to help people get it. How how should you read your Bible when you're by yourself and you're not in a Sunday morning service? Yeah. Um, and then secondly, you're trying to then really help them get into the moment of whatever passage you're in. And so I was just trying my best to try to say, man, let's. Learn how to slow down and think about what's actually going on. And it just occurred to me how many years I had heard that story and even all the way back in kids' Sunday school class and just never slowed down to think about what it was like and what it would have been like mm-hmm. and what all the implications of that would yeah. have been for the, the interruption to the religious leaders and the people listening to Jesus and Jesus himself, what that would have been like, the stuff falling on him and then... Um, how determined they must have been to dig yeah. through the roof and take all the risk that they took. So that, I was just trying to, and I thought, well, like I said, if I'd spent all week thinking about it, I wanted, I wanted the congregation to really try to dial in and think about it. Yeah. And I, th- I, I thought it was great that uh, I mean, obviously, it's it's in the text, so we're we're gonna we're gonna see it, and we're gonna talk about it. But we both sat on the response of Jesus. Yeah. You know that that was a, that was a, that was a key moment mm-hmm. there. What Jesus had to say, you know, what is Jesus going to say? I mean, you gave you put a little more drama to it. What is Jesus going to say in this moment? Everybody's leaning in. All right, yeah. now he's going to he- heal the body. But we both we both said, mm-hmm. look look what he said. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. who didn't that's focus, not what they're expecting? Didn't you know? focus on the healing. Yeah. At first, you know, it was the forgiveness, yeah. mm-hmm. and 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 both of you elevated that Jesus saw the spiritual need first. Mm-hmm. And and that I, I thought that was a really really cool point and always that I think that really I, it is good you guys both thinking through like well this is what this is what mattered I mean to me when I read this right this is what I experienced and and I see, think that this is what they need to experience as mm-hmm. well too yeah and John you applied uh, an Old Testament lesson to that mm-hmm. same thing from mm-hmm. from the life of of Moses and the Israelites out in the desert they're fighting the Amalekites right yeah. is that right yeah and uh, Moses has the the God staff right yeah. and and this is one of those I've preached on that passage before and I love that passage but you did something different with that so talk about that il- yeah, illustrative that cool. moment you use the scripture as an illustrative for as yeah, an illustrative honestly, purpose and that, that scripture it really speaks to the, of the glory of God. That God would get the glory in, in the battle. So, I, and I, I, I said that, but I, but in that moment, again, imaginative. The, the the imaginative moment is that think about that scene there. You know, Moses is holding the staff up over his hands, and and so if you didn't if you didn't see it or didn't weren't there, um, I had someone Ed Carley came, Ed Carley, came up yeah. from the from the congregation, mm-hmm. and I had a walking stick mm-hmm. that a friend of mine had made, and I had him hold it up over his head for like. 
like five minutes or a so. A good five minutes. It yeah. was a good five minutes. Yeah. So uh, and so by the time he, you know, his his arms may still be hurting right now. Yeah. Uh, sorry, oh, no, no, so sorry. <laughs> recording this, and uh, so that but then his arms were. You could tell his arms were hurting. So I had some other people get up and help him, and then read the scripture, which mm-hmm. is when his, Moses's arms got tired. Yeah. His, uh, Aaron, Aaron, and, and her came up and yeah. and helped him hold his arms up so that the battle would be would be God's. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do. I, that was an, it was an illustration of. And, you know, you and I, Kenny, both ended the sermon by saying, how did this whole episode take place? How did how did this whole thing take place with um, the healing of this man, the forgiveness of the sins? Yeah. And it happened because four committed friends who, who loved their friend, yeah. you know, hauled him up a, up the stairs yeah. and dropped him through a roof and put him at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. And uh, and so his friends, you know, mm-hmm. surrounding him to accomplish some divine, you know, yeah. purpose. And that that story was an illustration of the same thing. Yeah. Friends were helping Moses accomplish the divine purpose. In well, case, here's in what's battle. a cool what's a cool thing is I, I knew I knew the passages. I knew the Old Testament passage. I did not do anything with the Old Testament passage in my sermon. Um, but I knew that that it was a passage we had looked at and that you might include it. And so when you had Ed come up and put the staff over his head, I was like, oh, I see. Because I knew you know ahead of the congregation what you were probably doing with that. The other thing I thought how cool this was is that Ed Carley was the person who did the soliloquy in the Faith Stories series, and yeah. he was Moses. Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. And so if you brought him up to be Moses idea. again, and I thought that was so, that's such just a cool thing, yeah. you know, how yeah. that all worked out. But it was, so, it was, it was neat to see a, a creative way to do an illustration that will be memorable. People are going to, that, that image of Ed up there holding the staff makes the Bible, their their connection to that story all yeah. of a sudden has just got a couple more layers to it now. And so I thought that was a neat, that was a cool way to do and, that. And I think our hope, uh, our hope as preachers is that even this, uh, well, the story of the man being lifted uh, lower down through the ceiling, that that also, because yeah. mm-hmm. we've, as you said, Kenny, slowed it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Noticed the detail, noticed the movement through the story, told that story, put the congregation in the in the moment, and asked them to think mm-hmm. about what that would have been like. I hope that that also will be one of those mm-hmm. moments yeah. where every next time they read through that scripture, they go, "Yeah, oh yeah, look here, he that's right. He speaks forgiveness first, and then he speaks mm-hmm. he speaks yeah. healing." Yeah, yeah, you know, and one of the things that one of the things that with John that you you're using the Moses uh, scene um, with her and Aaron and the Amalekites. As an illustration, not as uh, not something that you're you didn't go through all the expositional stuff. Use it as an illustration, and that's kind of an interesting thing. People, a lot of preachers don't think about the types of illustrations that we use. You know, you you have the the, the personal illustrations that that help um, kind of elevate a passage. You have the cultural illustrations, the cultural slash historical illustrations, but the ones that I feel like are the most grounded, are the ones where you can say, okay, well, this principle in the Bible that we're talking about here is illustrated elsewhere in the Bible, mm-hmm. and and let's see how the—we're not going to spend another 30 minutes on that passage, but we're going to just point to that um, and say, hey, look, this is— this is a there's a continuity, especially Old and New Testament. There's a continuity here where what Jesus is experiencing with the four friends um, in Mark's gospel is 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 similar in some ways to what Aaron or Moses experiences with Aaron and her in the battle. But again, mm-hmm. the divine purpose is there, and I thought that was really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and and one of the things you did, Kenny, that was a little different was talking about the risk that the friends had to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really spent some time on that. Talk to me about what what your um, what you were thinking when you were going into that to... Well, I, I was 
I was thinking about all the reasons why we are hesitant or reluctant sometimes to come to the aid of a friend or offer to help somebody in, in a desperate situation um, and, and how in our, the, the way we almost talk ourselves out of it. Yeah. And, and what oftentimes the things that we use to talk ourselves out of it are obstacles, risks. What mm. if this goes wrong? What if they reject me? What if this person doesn't want my help? What if I end up looking foolish? Yeah. What if I can't deliver on the help that I promise I, I want to bring? What if God doesn't show up in the way that I think he will? Yeah. And and so I was just thinking, well, if that's that's that had to be true of them, that they had mm-hmm. to have thought to themselves, well, can we get him up there? Can we get him through? What about the owner of the house? What about the religious leaders? What are yeah. their gonna reaction gonna be? And yet they one after one, they just kept saying, Nope, we're it's, still gonna do it anyways. It. We're gonna do it anyways. We're gonna do it anyways. And and the, the dog, the tenacity of a dog, you know, who won't let go of a toy. Yeah. That, well, there you go. So that's so that but but it was the the having to at least consider that. And because I think what you want is you want to have the your the congregation go into loving their neighbors eyes wide open to say yeah. hey this is gonna be easy yeah you, you don't be shocked when you find yourself saying uh, I, don't, I don't know if i want to walk over to my neighbor and, and offer that or i don't know if i want to go into that hospital room or i don't know if i want to be in the middle of that marital conflict it, might, I don't it know. might not go well yeah it might not go well and what if i don't have what it takes and da, da, da. i wanted them to at least Go ahead and say, "Hey, expect that. That's going to happen." But that's why you got to have the faith to say, "I'm going anyways." You know, I'm yeah. going to trust God's going to get us through this, and some good will come and out you of brought, this. You brought this out too. That the but you concentrate on the fact that you love your friend. You, you know, you you love this. You you do this like mm-hmm. these friends did this because they cared about their they, they cared about their yeah. friend. Mm-hmm. So if that if that can be gov- that can be a governing idea of how you approach your you know talking to the person. I'm not here to harm them. If they reject it, I mean that's how you can how you can cope with it. If they reject it, if it doesn't mm-hmm. go well, yeah. it's still my effort is yeah. Your is intention done was love with with caring for and loving and supporting them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think all the messages that we've we've really dived into. I mean, I think there's there's always inherent risk when you when you're loving someone. You know, there's always inherent risk. Mm-hmm. There's no guar- I mean, the, the guarantees are not. Um, they're not promised, right? I mean, it could have happened. I mean, it, I mean, yeah, the, lots of what I thought might I point out could happen could have happened. Yeah, I mean, they could have they could have pushed through that, done all that, and the owner of the house is is calling the guards to come and take them away before they even get to talk to Jesus. I mean, the religious mm-hmm. leaders. I mean, so there's a lot of risk that's inherently involved in faith. That's why it's called faith, right? It's 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 the the reliance on God in those moments is always always necessary and if mm-hmm. we don't go into it with a, a prayerful attitude then it's it's in our power and it's not supposed to be in our power anyway mm-hmm. there's always that risk so mm-hmm. John what is it was there something that you had to leave on the table uh, there's a lot in all of these passages was there something that you felt like you had to leave on the table this week well probably the biggest thing is the um, is the uh, the the you mentioned it earlier the the, the exegesis of the you know, the the the, the the digging into the Old Testament passage, yeah, yeah, you, know, you just it, it, it needed to be what it was, and to to be able to spend more time saying this is what was going on, this is what's going, on, this is how God got the glory, and this is what it's all about. You know, that just needed to be that, that was boiled down to a single sentence. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. yeah, I would have been that would have been fun to. To, yeah, if we were forty-minute preachers, I would have, I would have spent another some time with that. Well, you know, and but also to understanding what the purpose was of using that 
story. It was an illustration. It wasn't the the centerpiece of the message. It was an illustration of the centerpiece mm-hmm. of the message. And that's I would you know I, I I would I always love digging in Old Testament stuff. You you know you could have had me for another ten or twenty minutes, but it I, it we we just doesn't allow that. The, that's more for sun, for a Sunday school class or a Bible study or a small group. Mm-hmm. You say, well, you know, we don't have time. We'll pick this up next week. We're going to pick right back up. So mm-hmm. what about you, Kenny? What did you have to leave on the table today or this week? Uh, well, clearly I didn't mention the Old Testament story. So that got left on the table. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other thing for me, and this brings in the practicality of, of some of what we deal with when preaching, is timing. Yeah. So I knew we had the congregational meeting afterwards, yeah. and we were trying to sync up and make sure that both services ended uh, on time. And and I think I let that. I think I I was overly concerned with that, and yeah. therefore, um, I, what I did was I left out a, a couple of of more real life illustrations that I yeah. think would have really. I think would have the, the one illustration I was going to use. I think really would have landed the idea in a way that people could really grasp what does this look like now? Like what would be a, a real example where I feel mm-hmm. like John, you, you took the time, even your opening illustration um, about your your friend. Um, so that's what I think I left out, and I I, I kind of regret that. I was like, what, man, because I ended up, I yeah. had plenty of time. How much time, time do we, we have? Ended up, we got time. <laughs> what, what, what was the story? I mean, well, we got, it was I mean, a story about um, a, a, a member of our church who had a nephew who lived out west, and, and he's in his uh, early, mid-20s, and just life, no religious background, he's not a believer, his life falls apart, and she offers to have him come move in with her here yeah. in Lakeland. And so she opens up her home to, to him to come here, and then she says, well, you ought to come to church. So he comes to men's group about five or six years ago, and um, no religious background, no Christian background, and uh, I'm sure it took a ton of, of courage on his part to come. But the men's group over the next several months just loved him, welcomed yeah. him, gave him rides, helped him find a job, uh, dealt with some emotional stuff that was happening. Just several of the men in that group did what those four friends did. They just kept loving him and finding ways to mm-hmm. include him. Well, he comes to faith in Christ. Yeah. I got to baptize him in our pool. Um, and then our church community just continued to love on him. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was like, man, that was a cool picture of mm-hmm. how to, a team approach mm-hmm. to loving somebody. Yeah. But I let the time thing get in my head, yeah. and so I, I didn't include it, and then we ended up getting done at like 11.20, and I thought, dang it, I had 10 minutes. I could have done like four more illustrations back if up, I wanted. Yeah. I'm going to tell you in a few. Yeah, let's, let's round two. Let's, let's, let's uh, circle back to that. But, but the, it just that's just another window into the things we deal with as, pa- as pastor preachers, is, is we're always, it's it's the economy of time, like what am I, what do I say, yeah. what do I not say? So Yeah, we're not, we're not in an environment where we have... Um, just just copious amounts of time, right? And I know there's some traditions that would think that's just absolutely abhorrent, that we just don't take the time that we feel like we need and get everything out on the table, but we're also conscious of, you know, we can spend 45 but minutes... But even those traditions have their time constraints. They do, yeah. They, they, they have their they time do. expectations. Yeah, there's expectations yeah. there. I mean, I think... But we also are considered about, okay, well, how much are people going to remember tomorrow morning anyway? And so we're saying, okay, we're, we try to condense down and make it more impactful in a 20 to 30-minute time frame that we, we usually keep it in that 30-minute that time frame. But, but uh, I, I do think those are things that we do because, it, and mm-hmm. because it, as we've pointed out, it's a little different than just public speaking. You yeah. know, it's a little different than public speaking. Um, so, but, 
yeah, um, that's why we do the podcast. So you can share the, we yeah. can share the stuff that we didn't <laughs> yeah. get to share yeah. on the stage. And that you know, next week uh, we're in week number five. I'm going to be back in the saddle, but this time I'm in classic. Uh, John will be back in Vine uh, this Sunday, so we're, we're excited. We're talking about throwing parties, which is uh, uh, significant considering we just finished the Super Bowl season mm. and, and lots of parties. And so we'll be talking about parties in the Scripture, which uh, most people don't associate those two things: parties and Bible. But they're there. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And so if anyone has missed any one of the messages from the Won't You Be My Neighbor series or any of the other series, we invite you to check them out on our website, fpclakeland.org, um, or on our YouTube page. Just search for FPC Lakeland, and all of the sermon series are grouped into their you know respective series, and you can see the classic and Vine services right there. Um, also, if you've missed any one of our Armchair Preaching uh, podcast episodes, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, or SoundCloud, and make sure you subscribe so that you can get a notification when a new one arrives as well. Uh, Kenny, John, thank you guys for hanging out once again with me. See you next week. Great to be here. See you guys next week.